What's up, Brave City? This is Yusuf Nurkic. Thank you for joining us at Section 113 with Travis Demers. Hey, it's that time again for the Section 113 podcast. I'm Travis Demers. Thanks for being here with us as the Blazers get set to finish up their road trip against the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday night. And you know, this has been a long trip. It's been a long trip for everybody. I don't know exactly how the players feel, but I'm not even out there playing, and I'm tired from this trip. When you think about it, 10 days, five different cities, five different hotels. We've changed time zones, what, three times? Four if you count daylight savings? Yeah, that's how long this trip has been. And the players don't seem to lose energy. It must be nice to be uh, in your 20s and athletic and have that kind of energy. But they have been unbelievable. This trip has exceeded Everybody, at least from the outside, everybody's expectations. I mean, any team, regardless of who you are, regardless of who the competition is, you go four and two on a road trip, and you're calling that pretty darn successful. But four and one so far on this road trip, and thinking about it, when you're playing quality teams, two games against the Suns, a game against the New Orleans Pelicans, a game against um, the Miami Heat, um, and obviously Dallas on Saturday night, and you play two games without your starting backcourt. You play another game without your starting front court, And then another game without your starting point guard and your starting center. And in those games, you're 4-1 against some really good playoff teams. And, you know, one or two of them have legit championship aspirations. Um, that is a hell of a road trip. And everybody has contributed who has played. And I mean everybody. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like on Saturday night with the injuries. Dame is obviously going to play. He's not in the injury report, and neither is Anthony Simons. But Yusuf Nurkic is questionable. Shaden Sharp and his finger injury are questionable. Jeremy Grant and Justice Winslow are probable. But you look back to a couple of nights ago, and really on this road trip a couple of times, there have been some guys who are listed as probable who didn't end up playing. And the way that injury report works is probable, by definition, means you have a 75% chance of playing. Questionable is a 50% chance, doubtful is 25% chance, you know, et cetera. But, you know, you hope that this being the final game on the trip, that you can get as many healthy bodies out there as possible. But it doesn't really seem to have mattered that much who is out there. And there are a couple of things that come into play when you're looking at that, and that is coaching and buy-in. And we hear so much about connectivity. This team is connected, despite the fact that they only played a handful of games together. The coaching staff has done a remarkable job with this team. I mean, it's just fun to watch. I am lucky that I get to sit there and and watch every single play of this Trailblazers team. It's been incredibly fun. There's still one game left on this road trip, though, in Dallas before coming home for a three-game homestand. And when you think of Dallas, there's one guy you think of. It's Luka Doncic. He's been terrific. Last two games, he struggled a little bit. But the real question is, outside of Luka Doncic, what do the Dallas Mavericks have right now? All right, our guest tonight on the Section 113 podcast, the legendary radio voice of the Dallas Mavericks, Chuck Cooperstein, joins us. Chuck, first of all, thanks for the time. Second, um, that travel that you just got had to deal with in Florida and Orlando getting out of there, uh, it, I'm glad you made it safe, but just how much of a challenge was that figuring it out? Was it scary? Well, I'm glad I'm not the one that had to figure it out. Somebody <laughs> else did, and I just got myself on the bus and went. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we we left uh, we we left Dallas earlier on Tuesday than we normally would, about two and a half hours earlier. Uh, you know, to get to Orlando. Yeah. Um, but by the time we got there, it had still it had started raining already, and it was pretty. It was rain, but it wasn't it wasn't windy or anything like that. And then as the day uh, on Wednesday 
just went on. You know, it got a little more windy and a lot of rain, but it wasn't it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, and of course, the NBA decided to move up the game by ninety minutes, with, yeah. just to make sure that we would be able to get out because um, we had to play in Washington on Thursday night. Um, uh, Orlando had closed the airport uh, to all traffic at four o'clock, so wow. you know we knew at that point that well. Well, we, we sort of knew, but, you know, I was thinking back to the time in 2010 when the uh, when the Super Bowl was in Dallas and we had a huge ice storm that week and the, and the Mavericks had to get out to get to New York to play. And they uh, they closed down Love Field where we fly in and out of wow. and in fact to, to everybody except us and the Vancouver Canucks who wow. were flying into Dallas to play the Stars the next night. And we got out to get to New York to play the Knicks. We were five hours late, but we got out. I thought something like that might happen with Orlando, but it never uh-huh. did. So we got on. We, we played the game uh, 90 minutes early. We got on the bus, hour and 40 minutes to Tampa, took the flight up. And ultimately, we got to the hotel in Washington right around the time we would have gotten to the hotel uh, had nothing happened. Right. And uh, we had just played the game regularly scheduled at 7 o'clock. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, there was some, there's an interlude there that um, made it somewhat interesting. And of course, you know, you're looking at waves when you're in the bus and thinking, oh, how far away yeah, are we? Exactly. Just, where are we? And all that stuff. So yeah. it was, it was, you know, we've done a lot of things. We've been through a lot weather-wise in 18 years, but that certainly trying to outrun a hurricane was the first time we've done that. Yeah. And ho- hopefully the last, um, you know, for, for the Mavericks, there have been some strange losses, you know, losing to teams that are missing some of their best players, but we're, we're not talking about some of the elite teams in the league that are missing some of their best players. We're talking about teams that are hopefully going to be fighting for a play-in spot that are missing some of their best players, including the Wizards the other night. Did the travel have anything to do with that, or what What do you think the reason for that is? Well, travel had nothing to do with the fact that they lost New Orleans uh, with Zion and Ingram and Herb Jones out and gave up yeah. 40 points in the first quarter. Uh, they, in fact, they hadn't played for two days prior or three days, actually, prior to that game. Uh, you know, it didn't have anything to do with, uh, you know, coming out slowly against uh, Orlando, although they actually played OK against Orlando, actually led against Orlando in the first quarter, you know, without Boncaro, but off to a bad start when uh, Oklahoma City didn't have Giddy. Uh, it's they they're just kind of a weird team right now. Listen, I mean, it, it seems incredibly trite and obvious to say, but. Really, as Luka goes, so go the Mavericks. Yeah. You know, you look at Luka's numbers in their wins, they're otherworldly, and you look at his numbers in their losses, and he's, you know, average. I mean, average for Luka's standards. He's, yeah. he's averaging nearly 30, but he's shooting very poorly. But in the wins, he's been absolutely incredible. And the problem is, is that they just haven't had enough support for him. Um, you know, one, one guy and maybe like half the second guy will show up, but it's, there have been very few games this year. The Memphis game might've been the only one where, you know, they were all really, you know what, even Phoenix in the opener, they were kind of all on point uh, in that game. But uh, it's, it's been really weird. You know, it's, it's, it's Luca and then someone and then no one. And that's a, that's a very hard way to play. With Luca, I mean, just looking at his numbers, I haven't had a chance to, to watch an entire game of his yet. But you see the highlights; they're they're what you would expect from Luca because he's unbelievable. But you know, statistically, the three point shot hasn't been there this year. 
Uh, where is where are most of his points coming from? Are they coming from that that mid range fadeaway? In the in the lane at the rim in the mid range. I mean, before these last two games where he has shot seventeen of fifty, yeah. uh, you know, he was shooting sixty seven percent on two point shots, wow. which is you know that's what centers do. That's yeah. what centers who are dunking do. It's right. not what guys who are you know posting up or you know shooting Dirk like fadeaways or shooting you know twenty footers or, or what have you are doing. He uh, he's doing it in a, in a variety of different ways. I mean, they are posting him up a lot more this year and allowing him to play out of the post, which I think does give their offense a whole lot more versatility uh, when you're just uh, in the past really playing for the spread pick and roll. Uh, you know, get the, get the the pick. Let him go, and then either he takes it to the rim or he kicks it, and then swing, swing, and shoot the three. Uh, so they've kind of, they've tried to mix it up that way. Uh, it's been great for him. Unfortunately, there's just too many guys that are really struggling right now. You know, yeah. Reggie Bullock. Um, until the other night, the first quarter anyway against Washington, uh, he was like one for his last fourteen from three, two for nineteen over a five game period. He had scored five points in 102 minutes. Wow. I mean, that's just not good. Dorian Finney-Smith's had only two games this year where he's taken more than seven shots uh, from the floor. Uh, you know, teams are doing a better job, I think, of staying with their shooters and basically letting Luka score uh, as opposed to, you know, turning him into a passer where he can really become dangerous. But, you know, Tim Hardaway has been off to a terrible start. Maxi Kleba had a great playoff, but uh, unfortunately right now is, is shooting like he did post-All-Star break last year when he was at 29%. Um, you know, right now he's, I think he's at about 30% and that's, they're just not getting enough. And, you know, uh, Christian Wood didn't play the last two games. Right. That's certainly hurt. Um, but you know, his, his impact has been kind of up and down. Uh, it's it, for Jason Kidd. It's all based on just how much he'll play defense, how committed he is to playing defense. Uh, that's been uh, a sometimes proposition for Christian Wood. Um, but given the offensive issues, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, starting tomorrow night, uh, just how much can they live with his limitations defensively, sure. given what he can provide this team offensively, and especially because the defense with him out of the lineup the last couple of games has not been great. Hmm. It's just not been great. So, you know, where are you going to go next? And I think that's definitely, to me, that's the biggest Maverick storyline coming into the game tomorrow night. Jalen Brunson leaves. He goes to the Knicks. And I saw the point that you made on, on Twitter that he meant so much more to the Mavericks than he'll ever mean to the Knicks. And, I mean, you, you watch Knicks games, which, you know, I still do. You, you can see it. He's not playing poorly. The Knicks just don't use him the same way that Dallas did. So now that he's not in the mix with the Mavericks anymore, how has that changed the backcourt? Well, it's changed it tremendously because they don't have that third guard. You know, they fell into something when they made the Porzingis trade and brought Dinwiddie in. Now, Dinwiddie had not played well in Washington. Uh, you know, he had been hurt the year before, uh, had torn the ACL. Uh, but he came to Dallas and they became a three-headed monster. Now, th there were times when all three of those guys played together and Luka gives you that ability to play yeah. all those guards because of his size. But it's hard to play off of a great player. It really is. Uh, you know, you have to know when your time is there, and then when it is there, you better be able to produce. Yeah. And Jalen Brunson was able to do that fantastically well, and Dinwiddie was able to follow that up. So they always had 
two play two real playmakers on the floor. And the fact that that was not addressed in the offseason, I think, is the the biggest shocker to to Mavericks fans and Mavericks media. Uh, you know, I think that um, you know, trying to bring in uh, Wood and JaVale McGee to try to shore up the rebounding uh, was I think everybody would expect something like that, given how right. badly they were out rebounded in the playoffs, and certainly as the playoffs went on. But uh, but everybody knew that the goal, you know, once Brunson left, uh, that they had to find somebody else to take on some of that load because Dinwiddie was going to move in, and frankly, Dinwiddie has been great. Dinwiddie has played; uh, he's played the Brunson role to perfection. I mean, yeah. you couldn't ask much more than what he's giving them right now, but they don't have Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench. And that's something that, you know, they can't do anything about right now, I don't think. I think, uh, you know, they're going to have to wait till December 15th when all the contracts are guaranteed and really the trade season opens on that day uh, to find out if they're actually going to do something. But, of course, for fans, uh, you know, it can't happen soon enough. It should have happened three sure. weeks ago. It should have happened in the summertime. Uh, but it hasn't, and they're dealing with that right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still early, right? I mean, you, it's what the Mavericks six and five. It's 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 still very early. We look at the Blazers at nine and three, and I love to say we we all knew this was going to happen back in September and early October, but but we didn't. The, the NBA has been weird this year, man. With Utah, you see how bad the Lakers and Warriors have been. Even the Clippers have been kind of average. You think it all ends up evening out, or can some of these early season losses? If you've got a number of teams between 48 and 52 wins at the end of the year, that really could determine some playoff positioning. Oh, I, I think these losses will hurt. I don't, I don't think there's getting around that because I don't think there's a great team. It, this is one of the few times in the NBA where you look, maybe Milwaukee. Milwaukee may be the closest thing to that. Yeah. But certainly in the West, there, there's nothing that can be described as a great team. Even the Warriors, you know, even though when they won a championship last year, the Warriors still had their flaws. You know, they've, now they were able to hide them better, and obviously their, their superstar played like a superstar yeah. um, as the more the playoffs went on, and they were able to win a championship. But they got issues. They had issues, and they've got them now. Uh, so, yeah, when you're losing to Oklahoma City and you're losing to Orlando, uh, that's not good. And you're blowing 15-point leads in the last six minutes against Phoenix on the road. I mean, those are games that you have to win. Sure. And and yeah, you're going to look back on all of them at the end of the year, and you and if you have not maximized your playoff positioning, you're going to look at those games. I can't believe we lost those games and played the way we did. Yeah, you, know, you the, take away the last fifty or so games of the year last year for the Blazers because that's not what this team has been for the last eight nine years. And obviously, this team is very different now than they have been in years past. But how do Mavericks fans and folks like yourself who've been around the team and have seen the Blazers over the years view this matchup tomorrow? Well, I think they're scared to death right now, but I think they don't look at it from a Blazers standpoint. I think right. they look at it from a Mavericks standpoint and hmm. think that, you know, if they're going to play like this, can they beat anybody? Um, you know, this is the beginning of a five-game homestand for the Mavericks. They just came off a five-game homestand before these two road games, and we all knew this was going to be a, a really crucial stretch of games. And, of course, the, the Blazers are playing, you know, this is the last game of a six-game trip for them. I mean, they've been on the road forever. So, yes. I mean, so you would think if the Mavericks are mad – and they should be mad. And the Blazers already have to feel pretty good about this, having won four out of five on the road. And in fact, I just saw this today. They've won as many games on the road against the Western Conference so far this year as they did all last year. Yeah. 
I mean, so I, I'm, I'm not going to say the Blazers are satisfied, but I, I, you know, I'm always willing to play the Dick Mata wounded tiger theory. And I think the Mavericks are a wounded tiger right now. And you would imagine that there would be a pretty strong response tomorrow night. And, sure. and if there isn't, and the Blazers continue to play, you know, as they've played, well, you know, then there are there's there's trouble in River City. And, you know, last year the Mavericks didn't really get it solved until right before in fact, right after uh, they played the Blazers and it, uh, after Christmas, you know, they lost the game, the next game in Sacramento on a last second shot. Um, by Chemezi Metu, they blew a 12-point lead in that game. Didn't handle the end of the game well, but after that, they went 36 and 12. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you never know when it's going to kick in. But there are some real concerns here, and sure. you know, it, it, it didn't seem that they would uh, be evidenced as quickly as they have uh, once the season began. But there was always the possibility, and they're there now, and so. Uh, I'm sure Portland's feeling pretty confident about things and, you know, their attitude has to be fantastic, especially given how last year ended for them. And the Mavericks are, they're wondering a little bit. Luca's already said, you know, got a little tired there last night. Jason Kidd was talking about before the game last night, how he's, uh, Luca's on the ground too much and that the wood always wins the battle. Uh, So, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, with this homestand coming up with Portland, Clippers are playing much better. The Rockets are the one team they should be able to beat. That's the second of a back-to-back. I don't think Luke is going to play that game. In fact, I'd be stunned if he did. And then you got two games with Denver. I mean, this this is a, this is you're at home, but this is no piece of cake by any yeah. stretch for the Mavericks. So it's really time for them to buckle down. I got to ask you before I let you go. Uh, about a month ago or so, I saw you post this picture of yourself in this plaid jacket and retro headset and i'm wondering you know what what's going on there and today i see the video that was posted by the mavericks for the the city edition release uh i'm a huge fan of those jerseys i love the colors love the retro feel of it but just recording something like that i don't know how long it took you guys but just how much how much fun was that it was very fun it took all day it took it took (laughs) no it's 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 like television or movies what just you think it's hurry up and wait yeah. Our part actually came very early, but then they wanted us to wait until the players came into the arena, and the players had been practicing all morning. They they had a long practice, so like our thing happened probably around nine thirty or quarter to ten, and the players didn't show up until about like one thirty or two oh, o'clock. Geez. So, you know, Mark Followell, who's our TV guy, and I. No, we were just we were just hanging out in the back, just doing work. You know, that's we we had we had no, nothing really to do with anything else that was going on and what they were trying to shoot. Uh, but it it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, you will see the suit in person, Trav. I, I, I you know we we don't wear coat and tie anymore because the staffs don't wear coat and tie anymore. But uh, I Mark and I made an agreement that uh, for for this game and the, uh, the debut of the of the retro jersey and whatnot that we were going to put the suits on and we'll, we'll go with the, the three-piece suit out of the 70s. The only thing they didn't do was uh, the girl who, uh, who found our suits, and she's the best, um, she was really looking for something truly 70s with lapels out to your shoulders, and she couldn't find them. <laughs> so yeah, the I lapels, wonder why she couldn't find them. Yeah, the, the lapels are relatively narrow, but everything else is very, very very 70s-esque, and uh, it's it looks really cool. The video is fantastic. They did an amazing job with that. Chuck Cooperstein is our guest here in the Section 113 podcast. Chuck, man, thanks so much for the time. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night, and I look forward to seeing that suit. 
I'm looking forward to being there and seeing you too. It's been too long. It's nice to be able to see everybody again. Big thanks to Chuck Cooperstein, the longtime legendary radio voice of the Dallas Mavericks. I look forward to seeing that suit on Saturday night. All right, Saturday night, the tip-off is at 5.30 Pacific time. Michael Holton and myself will be on the call, as always, on our flagship station, 6.20 a.m., Rip City Radio in the Portland area. And on the entire Trailblazers radio network, Mike Lynch will have the tip-off for you at 4.30. And then guess what? We get to come home, come back to you at Moda Center against the San Antonio Spurs on Tuesday night. We'll have another episode of Section 113 for you then as we get set for that game. But until then, I'm Travis Demers. We will see you at the game and, of course, on the Section 113 podcast.